welcome to our mini-series on the search for destiny and purpose. This week I'm going to be discussing some principles to be observed while we're looking for destiny. There's an English rock group called Pink Floyd and on the Dark Side of the Moon album they quoted Thero uh, and they said in one of the songs they said holding on in quiet desperation is the English way. Well, it's not just the English way, it's more like the human way. And although the English may be a little more stoic about it, there's no need for a Christian to live a desperate life. It's unthinkable that God would have anything other than good planned for us. And yet in Proverbs 29 verse 18, we're told that without a vision, people perish. So now we're thinking about our destiny, we need some clues on how to find it. You know, God's universe is built on principles. Principles are, in fact, fundamental laws which affect our universe. For instance, the principle or law of gravity determines that the Earth travels around the Sun and the Moon travels around the Earth. The fundamental law of gravity being the first principle that is the cause of what goes up must come down, in the case of Newton's apple. God has ordained that the universe is built upon principles that will inevitably affect us and in our search for destiny we need to discover the principles affecting God's purposes for us in order that we can get to our destination with as little fuss as possible you know we need to know Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 said my people perish are destroyed and led away into captivity for a lack of knowledge you know if you're not aware of the principle or the law of sowing and reaping, you can, for instance, ignore the commandment, honour your father and your mother that it might go well with you, and ridicule your parents as a teenager, and then wonder why at 35-year-old you're getting such a hard time from your own kids, or why life's not going well with you. Conversely, it's no good saying I didn't see the sign when a policeman stops you for doing 50 mile an hour in a 30 mile per hour area. You're probably still going to get a ticket. So it would be better to know the law first. And God's universe, as we said before, is built on principles. And one of the most important is found in Isaiah 55, verse 11. My word will not return to me void. It will accomplish everything I intend it to. And in Genesis, we've seen that everything had a reason for its creation. God designed everything to fit into his plan. And before God makes something, he has a purpose for it. And you can find a reason and purpose for everything God made. It all fits together. So if God has a purpose for everything, then nothing he made is without a reason. He's a God of purpose. God has intentions, and his word is made to accomplish his purposes. God has a purpose for each person. We can see that throughout the Bible, when people discover their purpose, great power is released as they walk in their destiny. There was a young 16-year-old virgin that God had decided to make pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And over 400 years earlier, it told the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 7 verse 14. The Apostle Paul said, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me, Philippians 3, verse 12. Paul knew that God had a plan and a purpose for him, and he set out to discover it. When he found it, he pressed on to take hold of it. That young virgin said, 
Be it unto me as you have spoken, Lord. So number one, does God do everything for a plan and a purpose? Yes. Number two, does God design everything he made to fulfil that purpose? Yes. Number three, until the purpose for something is revealed, confusion exists. Number four, God has a plan and a purpose for me. Number five, my fulfilment in life depends on me becoming and doing what I was meant to be and do. You know, it's the manufacturer that knows the real purpose for something. And until you know what it is, you could just be guessing. Don't ask yourself or assume you know, you may get confused. And you know what? Don't ask your mates either. They can only confirm what they already see. Ask God. One of my favourite stories in the Bible is that of King Josiah in 1 Kings 22 and 23. Josiah came to the throne of Judah when he was only eight years old. He lived all his life in the palace with his mummy, surrounded by servants. Not a great training for a life of dynamic leadership. At age 18, his high priest found the discarded book of the law in the temple, and when Josiah got to read it, he got fire in his belly. He forgot all about his milk and biscuits at bedtime, and went on a clean-up campaign in Israel that kicked the idol worship out of his nation. False gods had been set up by his ancestors, including Solomon, but it blew his mind when, in the middle of the campaign, he discovered the tomb of the prophet that 350 years earlier God had told that he would do this. God is a God of purpose. Josiah found his name written in the book. Have you found your name in the book yet? Is it in there? Yes. If you are saved, your name's already in the big book. But have you found your name in the Bible yet? The clues to this could be Isaiah 43. I've called you by name. Remember? What's in a name? Biblically, names were very important. And in the Bible, people and places were called what they were and what they were to become. A place would carry the title House of God, which was Bethel, where Abraham met God. A well was called Strife. A string was called Bitter, etc., on a human level, all through the Bible, men and women were called prophetically what they were. God told them what to call their children. For instance, you call this one Isaac, which means laughter. Sometimes parents have a hard time naming their children. It's because they don't ask God. He knows. I changed both my daughter's names when I saw them. God had other ideas. So don't panic. Ask God. He will tell you. It's very important to God that you find the reason for your time down here. He wants you to know, and a name is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you name your child Precious or Princess or Warrior or Friend of God, etc., guess what you're speaking out over them? You are speaking out what they are and what they will become. Also, like King Josiah, we can ask ourselves, where has God spoken to me in the Scriptures? For instance, do you have a baptism verse? Is there a prophecy? 
or has God spoken to you in secret? In Revelations chapter 2, verse 17, we're given a white stone with a new name. What it might mean in eternity, we're not sure. But when a person becomes a Christian, the old goes and the new comes. A new name. Remember when God cut covenant with Abraham, he changed his name to Abraham. People tend to get new names when they meet up with God. Isaac was turned into a prince with God. Paul used to be called Saul before he met Jesus. Peter was known as Simon, and Jesus changed his name to Rock. When God gets involved in your life, things really happen. Jesus may not give you a new, actual name. God might just change the meaning of your name. But interaction with him will make a big difference in your life. You may be on track or far away from his plan for you right now, but he wants to confirm your Heavenly Father's calling on your life. He may call you something you've never been called before, as he called Gideon, Mighty Warrior. Your name has a meaning. Let's look at some clues. What have you got highlighted in your Bible? Ask the question, why? Do some verses mean more to you than others? Why? Can you give a proper biblical answer to the question, who are you? Why are you here? One of the things that will really help is that if you can match scripture verses to your destiny, in this way you can achieve real clarity for the future. It is said that the mark of humility is not being a doormat, but drawing yourself up to your full height and your full talent and ability. Some people are just maybe too busy or perhaps might even be a little lazy. Don't go to sleep and miss finding your destiny. It is the most important thing. Jesus encouraged people to make the most of themselves. He wants you and I to invest our gifts and talents so that be a return on them. He wants us to invest our time, our energy and our money in the furtherance of his kingdom. To invest not in our future, but in his. That's the way to fulfilment. I found a great help in praying a prayer from Colossians. This is Colossians 1 uh, verse 9 onwards. God, please fill me with the knowledge of your will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And I pray this in order that I may live a life worthy of you and may please you in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to your glorious might, so that I may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified me to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For you have rescued me from the dominion of darkness and brought me into the kingdom of the Son you love, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. What a wonderful prayer uh, that is. And just to know, of course, that Jesus is really, really uh, on your side. He so wants you to do well. Join me next week when we're going to continue this series on destiny and purpose from the lost glory. And uh, in the meantime, be kind to one another. 
God bless you.